This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. Little John is running down the sidewalk. All of a sudden, he stumbles, he falls, and oh, my knee, it hurts. Where is Mama? He wants his mother. He wants to know where she is. You know, when we hurt, we need someone to help us. Today we want to talk about where is God when I hurt. Please stay tuned. I'm Billy Lambert. I want to thank you for tuning in to watch Getting to Know Your Bible today. And also right now we're going to offer a free Bible correspondence course. And in order that you might know more about the course and how you can receive it, we're going to take a short break. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. When you study the Old Testament, you, want, you learn one thing about God's people. They were called the children of Israel. And they were enslaved in the land of Egypt for many, many years. And God heard the cries of His people, and He sent a man by the name of Moses to be their leader. And it was Moses who appeared before Pharaoh to ask that Pharaoh let the people go. But in this story about uh, Moses and when God appeared to Moses to send him back and to commission him to go back to Egypt, there are two passages that I think are very significant. And I want to read those two passages to you from the third chapter of Exodus, verses 7 and 8. And the Lord said, I've surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters for I know their sorrows. And I'm come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. There are some things we learn from those two passages of Scripture that I think are extremely significant. I think this is a message for all time to let us know this one single truth. Where is God when I'm hurting? Where can I find Him? Where is He? Now notice these things. First of all, it's God sees the problem of His people. That's in verse 7. He says, I have seen the affliction of my people. He saw them as slaves in Egypt and he heard them. You need to understand that God at no time is unaware of what is going on in your life. He knows right now, every minute, every second of your life, what's going on. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good, according to Proverbs 15 3. 
why he saw Daniel in the lion's den. He saw those three Hebrew boys in, in Babylon, and he saw Job, and he saw Jonah, and he saw the Apostle Paul, he saw Jeremiah, all people who've had problems in life as we studied the Bible. God was aware of what was going on in their lives. Here's the message for us today. When we hurt, God sees your problem. He sees you in your deepest time of need. He, he sees you when you have your back up against the wall. He sees you when you don't feel like you have a place to go. He, he sees you when others turn away from you. He sees you. He sees you when the world beats you down. He sees you at all times in your life. He, you see, He sees a bird when that bird is hungry. Jesus said if he will clothe, He'll feed the birds, won't He take care of you? And if He sees the needs that a bird has, surely He sees you when you have a need in your life. Now here's the second thing we we'll, we'll learn, that God hears us. Where is God when I hurt? God hears us. Notice again in verse 7, I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. So you heard the people when they cried out, pity the one that doesn't think God hears. God is not deaf. God is not in the need of a hearing aid, some kind of a hearing device. Isaiah 59 says, The Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, and neither is His ear heavy that it cannot hear. God can hear us. And in Psalm 61, in verse 1, listen to David. Hear my cry, O God, and attend unto my prayer. And then Psalms chapter 64, in verse 1. Hear my voice, O God, in my prayer. Preserve my life from fear of the enemy. And then there's Psalm chapter 91, in verse 15. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. That's God speaking of man. He'll call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. You see, that's what God, how God feels toward us. God says, I want you to know that I'm going to hear you when you are in trouble. He hears us in the still of the night. He hears us when we bathe our bed with tears. God hears us when our soul is groaning for relief. He hears us when the world seems to be collapsing around us. He hears us when we pray to Him because we have a, a huge decision we need to make in our lives. He hears us when we have sinned. He hears us when we have needs that only He can meet. He hears us when our hearts are just overflowing with thanksgiving because of His goodness. Where is God when I hurt? He sees our problems, and God hears us when we call out to Him. I had someone say to me one day, I don't believe that God would hear me if I would ask Him for help. I said, then why don't you ask God to strike you dead? 
Oh, they said, no, no, Brother Lambert, I'd never do that. I said, and why not? They said, for fear that he might do it. I said, you have just said you believe that if you ask God for help that he wouldn't listen. But if you were to ask God to strike you dead, he might do it. I said, that's not the God of the Bible. God hears us when we call upon him. He's listening. Now, where is God when I hurt? God knows what's going on. He knows our hurt. Listen to him in verse 7. In verse 7 he says, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, for I know their sorrows. God was aware of what his children in Egypt were going through. He heard them when they cried out. Oh, they were mistreated by the Egyptian taskmasters. And can you imagine being uh, beaten by one of those taskmasters and they would cry out for help and God heard them in the midst of all of their problems. And a hurt is a common lot to mankind. We suffer. Man that is born of woman is a few days and he's full of trouble. He's full of suffering. He's full of hurt. And sometimes when we suffer, we suffer alone. I, I'm thinking about a widow who said this to me one day. She says, Billy, I may live alone, but I am never lonely. Isn't that beautiful? That, that suggests her faith in a God who's there with her. You see, God, we are never alone. He is always there because He knows the load that we are carrying. He knows our hurt. Sometimes we do suffer alone. No one knows anything about it. Some of you right now that are watching right now are hurting. And there may be people in the room with you right now. And they're not even aware how you hurt. So sometimes there's a young person that's going through some real uh, challenge in their life. Something, something they, they don't feel comfortable talking about. They, they certainly wouldn't talk to their parents about it. And they wouldn't talk to even to one of their best friends about it. And they feel alone with that problem and weight upon their shoulders. I think sometimes we as older people fail to realize the, the, the weight that a problem can have for those that are younger. And, and we, we fail to, to reach out to them. And, and I would suggest that Sometimes we do suffer alone. I, I remember talking to a preacher one day, and he was expressing how he felt. I, I said, you feel like the loneliest man in town, don't you? And he looked at me rather quizzically, and I said, you feel like nobody understands you, don't you? And, he, and I said, you, you don't even think your wife understands you, do you? And you surely don't think the leaders of the church understand you, do you? And he said, how did you know? I said, you think you're the only man that ever put on those kind of shoes? You see, sometimes even preachers hurt alone. And sometimes we share our burdens with other people. You know, the Bible says that, that sometimes others can help lift our load. That's why Paul said in Galatians 6 and verse 2, bear you one another's burdens and, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Likely, you hurt right now, no one knows about it. Maybe your husband doesn't know how you really feel deep down inside. 
Maybe he said something to you that hurt you. He didn't really intend to do that. And he wasn't aware how it'd make you feel. Or, or maybe your wife responded to you and, and, and it just sort of cut you in the heart. And you, she, doesn't, she doesn't understand that. She doesn't know that. And you're hurt. And you don't want to share that with anybody. But I want to tell you something. God knows. God knows when your heart is breaking. Your husband comes home and he says, I don't want to be married to you anymore. And you just feel like your world is just falling apart. As a matter of fact, it has. But God knows when your heart is breaking. He knows that. And He knows when you are in despair. He knows when you're distressed. He knows when you feel like you have your back up against the proverbial wall with nowhere to go. You see, God knows our hurt. Now, here's one thing for you to remember. Never, ever, ever think God has abandoned you because He has not. Paul was in prison and he was writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and in verse 16 he said, All men have forsaken me. Think about that. He's in jail. And he said, everyone has forsaken me. Early in that chapter, he had said, Demas has forsaken me. But with the next sweep of the pen in the 17th verse, he said, but the Lord stood with me. All the people around you may forsake you. You may feel like you don't have any moral support in your life right now. It doesn't matter whether you're young or old. We can all feel that way. But there's one that will stand with you when all other people are gone. And that's the Lord. Where is God when I hurt? God knows I hurt. And God stands with us. But then verse 8 is an interesting observation made in that text. And there God said, I am come down. Where is God when I hurt? These people were hurting. And to me, it's amazing that the whole high and holy one comes down. The architect of the universe is said to come down. The one who set all things in motion comes down. The one who can number the hairs on your head comes down. The one who created man out of the dust of the ground comes down. God's in condescending love comes down, it is said, to help His people. He's the same God today, isn't He? God comes down. That is, God is willing to help us. Of course, He's present all the time in our lives. But this suggests in this passage that He comes down to do something for His people. Where is God when I hurt? He comes down to deliver. In verse 8, the Lord said, I'm come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. And I want you to know that God today can deliver you. God can deliver you from a binding habit you may have. God can deliver you from a wrong relationship that you may be in. God can deliver you from the grip of sin 
God can deliver you from the clutches of the evil one, that is, Satan himself. He can deliver you. God can deliver you from self-pity. Have you just ever had your own little pity party? Feeling so sorry for yourself, He can deliver you from that. God can deliver you from loneliness. He said, I will never forsake you. I will never leave you. God can deliver you from despair. He can deliver you from sorrow. He can deliver you. He can deliver you from whatever is causing the hurt and the pain in your heart, your mind, and in your soul. You say, well, how how is it that He can deliver me? Well, let me suggest three reasons I suggest that God is able to deliver us. Number one, He can deliver because He understands. You know, Jesus Christ came down in human form and lived among men. He was God in the flesh, according to 1 Timothy 3.16. And because Jesus was God in the flesh, it puts Him in a unique position to understand what it is to be in a human form. That's why in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15, we're told we have not an high priest, in, uh, who was tempted in all points like as are we yet without sin. Jesus Christ was tempted just like we're tempted. He was tempted by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life, which is described in 1 John 2, 15 to 17. But Jesus did not yield to those temptations. Now Jesus Christ is the one who is our intercessor before the throne of God, Hebrews 7, 25. And He is the one who is our mediator between God and man, 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5. He is the one who is the perpetuation for our sins, 1 John chapter 2 verses 1 and 2. Christ is able to be our advocate with the Father because Jesus Christ understands what we're going through in this life. He understands temptation, He understands suffering. He understands pain. He understands hurt. That's the reason that He can deliver us. And He can deliver us, and I believe it with all of my heart, because He loves us more than life itself. That is, more than we love life itself. In Jeremiah 31 and 3, He said, I've loved you with an everlasting love. And God is still the same God, isn't He? He loves us. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loves us. And that would suggest to me that God wants what's best for me and what's best for you. And the third reason I'd suggest that He can deliver us is because He's the Almighty God. He's all-powerful. He's omnipotent. He can deliver us. And He came to deliver us from this present evil world. Galatians chapter 1 and verse number 4. And He did that through the Lord Jesus Christ, who will deliver us 
from sin and the effects of sin in our lives. When Jesus went to the cross of Calvary, we went there to die for the sins of all mankind. And when we appropriate the benefits of that blood that was shed upon Calvary, He will deliver us from our sins. God, be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. That's Paul's writing in Romans 6, verses 17 and 18. And so Jesus Christ came to deliver us from sin through the obedience to a form of doctrine. Well, I wonder what he's talking about. Earlier in that chapter, he talked about the death and the burial and the resurrection of Christ. And it is through obeying a form of the death and the burial and the resurrection of Christ that we're made free from sin, dying to the sins in our hearts and our lives. And we're buried with Christ in the waters of baptism. We rise to walk in the newness of life. Romans 6, verses 1 through 5. Have you been delivered from sin? Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, that is, be delivered from sin. But then where is God when I hurt? God, you see, comes down so He can take us to a better place. He said, I'm going to take my people to a place that's flowing with milk and honey. That is Canaan land. There's a song we often sing in, in worship, or I say often, we frequently do, to, to Canaan's land, I'm on my way. Place where the soul of man never dies. And we ought to be on our way to heaven. He will deliver us and carry us to a better place. That's why the Apostle Paul in Philippians 1.21 said, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. And then in verse 23 of that same chapter, he said, I'm in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. It's far better to be the Lord. You see, He's going to take us to a better place. And when we get to that better place, we will be done with suffering. Isn't that good news? Done with suffering. There's a passage in the Revelation, in chapter 21 of the book of Revelation, and verse 4. Let me just summarize. In heaven there will be no more death. In heaven there will be no more sorrow. In heaven there will be no more tears. In heaven there will be no more pain. Why not? Because the former things are passed away. What are the former things? Well, among the many things are, among the former things are things that cause pain and death and suffering in our lives. That will not exist in that celestial city. Isn't that a better place? Maybe that's the reason the psalmist declared in Psalms 116 and verse 15, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. It's precious when a saint goes to be with the Lord because, number one, you're done with pain and suffering. You're through with it for eternities. Number two, it is to be with the Lord is, is to precious because it is a home going. 
Paul in 2 Corinthians 5 said to be present in the body is to be absent from the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be at home with the Lord. And you know, when your children are gone from home, don't you want them to come home? Don't you, don't you long for them to come to see you? We, we have children that live some hours away from us and they're not able to come to see us very often, but when they do, it is a thrilling thing when we see them turn in the driveway to come home. And God wants His children to come to their home of the soul, heaven. We know that if this earthly house of our tabernacle were dissolved, we, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. I have some desires in my heart for those of you that are watching right now. My, one of my desires is that you love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, your mind. I, my desire is that you make your home a Christian home. My desire is that you, you become a Christian and do it the way the Bible teaches. And my desire is that we just all go home together one day. And what a great, great reunion that's going to be around the throne of God. Where is God when I hurt? God is a God who comes down to help us in the midst of all the suffering we have. May God help us to have more faith in Him. I want to thank you for watching today. And in the closing minutes, let me urge you and invite you to visit the Church of Christ in your community. If you're not certain where it's located, if you will call us, calling the number on the screen, we will get that information for us. Or you can email us and we'll uh, help you locate the Church of Christ in your community. I've had many people who have called and and they say, well, Brother Lambert, I, I, I'm coming now to the Church of Christ because you invited me to come. And also right now, pick up the telephone and call for the free Bible correspondence course. Don't hesitate to do that. I know you see a lot of things offered free that are not, but this is. Please call right now. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for watching, getting to know your Bible today. And, and may the Lord bless you. And may the Lord keep you is my fervent and constant prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580.
or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.